This week on the Men at the Movies podcast, we jump into week three of our summer blockbuster series with our first animated film, Shrek. We look at how we often feel like Shrek, expecting people to run away if they really knew who we are. Or maybe we relate to the princess, who gets frustrated because things don't look like she thinks they should. But in reality, we should try to be Donkey, the hero of this movie, by showing love, acceptance, and forgiveness to his friends. Join us as we discover our stories in this movie. The movies and stories we love are gateways to see ourselves and God in new ways. Every great story borrows its power from a larger story, the story that's written on our hearts and woven into the fabric of our very being. Hello and welcome to the Men at the Movies podcast. My name is Paul McDonald, coming at you live from inside a closet because <laughs> I've got work done and I'm trying to keep the outside noise away from the recording. And joining me, not in a closet, but in the beach, from the beach, not on the beach, Britt Mooney. No. Hey, buddy. What's up? I thought about being on the beach. I thought about being out on the deck, but I thought, you know what? That's going to be loud. That would be really loud. So we're continuing. This is week three of our summer blockbuster series. And is this our first animated movie? Yes, it is. I believe so. So we're talking about Shrek. When we looked up uh, the big list of summer blockbuster movies, this was one of them on it that caught our attention. So why did we pick Shrek? Well, I think as part of the summer blockbusters, this was one that I think a lot of people have fond memories of. Yeah. You know, like this was a very popular movie uh, for its day. Uh, this was one of those movies that for my wife, she laughs every time. When we watched it last night, yesterday afternoon, she still cackled. She still sat there <laughs> on the couch and laughed, even though she's seen it. And we've, we've seen everyone in the theater. And we haven't really done an animated movie yet. And there's several that I would like to do ultimately. Um, but also this one kind of going along with some of the fairy tale motifs, you know, like the princess bride and some of the other mm -hmm. sort of movies and stories that we can do. Uh, I think it's really important to, to kind of look at some of the themes in this one. I think there's some very interesting themes in this one, especially as, as we go through a lot of stuff that's going on in our culture right now. Mm. Uh, you know, how do we get past, what people put on social media. How do, we, how do we get past the image factor mm -hmm. that is such a huge and toxic part of our culture, to be honest? It's, to it's toxic. And I think this movie brings it out and, and it even seeps into our religious sort of life in, uh, in the church. I think this movie makes a statement about that, that we can kind of relate to our lives in the church. What is real religion? What is the true religion that we're after uh, and that we're trying to work for and those goals? And so anyway, I think there's just a lot of great themes in it. A lot of them are just expressed, you know, right. just outright in the movie. It's not like we're hiding them, like we got to dig too far. But I think there's a lot of cool things that we can relate to sort of the modern struggles that we have in, in our culture. And this is the 20 year anniversary. It came out in 2001. Yeah. You mentioned before when we before we started recording that this was almost an in-your-face fairy tale. Up to this point, a lot of the fairy tales, you've got the Disney princesses, right? You've got the Little Mermaid, you've got Cinderella, you've got Sleeping Beauty. They're all very pretty. And and the movie opens kind of with with almost like Shrek's reading. You well, you just see the narrated pages. Of yeah. a fairy tale. Yeah. And then he gets opening. to the end. He's like, what a load of crap. And he wipes his butt with it. <laughs> right. The funny thing is the movie still takes on those fairy tale themes and messages. But for people in this case, you know, ogres and fairy tale, all the, the characters, but for people that don't necessarily fit into the fairy tale mold, like I'm not a Prince Charming. <laughs> right as you mentioned one of the one of the scenes with fiona and donkey where she where donkey finds out that she's a she's an ogre at night you know she's she says this this line that i just think is great by night one way 
by day another, this shall be the norm, until you find true love's first kiss, and then take love's true form. Oh, that's beautiful. I didn't know you wrote poetry. It's a spell. When I was a little girl, a witch cast a spell on me. Every night I become this. This horrible, ugly beast. I was placed in a tower to await the day my true love would rescue me. That's why I have to marry Lord Farquaad tomorrow before the sun sets and he sees me. Like this. All right, all right, calm down. Look, it's not that bad. You're not that ugly. And well, well, you, well, you are, I ain't gonna lie, you are ugly. But you only look like this at night. Shrek's ugly 24-7. But Donkey, I'm a princess. And this is not how a princess is meant to look. And there's so much truth in that little clip. Because we know that we're not a princess or we're not Prince Charming. Right? We're like, this isn't how we're supposed to look. Or... I need to do this so that I don't look like this anymore. And I think that speaks back to the, the ogre, the parts of us that we don't want anybody to see come out. And we don't want anybody to see where they're embarrassing. They're, we're ashamed of them after I got upset over the weekend. It was Father's Day weekend. We're recording this the week after Father's Day because I didn't think my kids were going to show up. You know, my son was working and my daughter, you know, has a, as a father of her son and my other, my stepson, you know, he's got his own daughter. So it's like, well, they're celebrating their own thing. And I'm just by myself and I got angry and frustrated and they don't listen to the podcast. So I'm safe complaining about them on here, <laughs> but internally you go some pretty ugly ogre, like places i think a lot of times and we just we we know that we're not who we're supposed to be like fiona a princess isn't supposed to look like this a good dad isn't supposed to look like this a good husband father man whatever you want to say i don't look like how i should in desperation we try to marry lord farquad <laughs> one of the themes at the root of this movie is that if people really knew me Mm -hmm. They wouldn't like me. That's a lie, right? There's a lie at the root of, of a lot of this, which is if people knew the real me, yeah. they wouldn't like me. They wouldn't like me because, you know, she says I, I turn into this, this mm -hmm. ugly horror, but that's who she really is. Like the curse didn't turn her into the ogre, the tur the curse, the curse, which I think is very revealing yeah. and, and important. The curse made her look beautiful during the day. The curse was different, you know, than a normal, what we would all have assumed, right? That was, that's the twist of the movie, right? Yeah. At the end, like we, like when he does give her a kiss, when she does get true love's kiss, she, the, the curse is broken, but she becomes who she really is, which is the person that he wanted her to be which is an ogre like him. Like he wanted someone like himself that he could be a partner with that was an ogre like him. And, but I think there's a couple different things going on at the beginning of the movie that I, I think is really important because, you know, Farquaad has decided to, uh, to just get rid of all fairy tales. So while Shrek is on the one hand, saying what a little crap and he wipes his butt with fairy tale <laughs> right and we all can laugh and yeah but at the, but farquad isn't so different right because he's he's trying to tell us that fairy tales aren't real too like he's trying to tell us in his own way that fairy tales aren't real and so i, I kind of like that in the beginning because the point isn't that fairy tales aren't important mm -hmm. okay that that's not the point the, in, in fact, that what religion does, what authority does, is it, it tries to get rid of both the supernatural loveliness of fairy tales, and it also tries to get rid of the freaks because they don't fit right. in, right. which is stupid because everybody's a freak, right? Everybody's right. a misfit. Everybody's a freak. Right. 
But uh, but but there's a great uh, quote by uh, Chesterton. Uh, Chesterton. Uh, I don't know if you know you guys know who he is, but he's written some great books, Orthodoxy, and he wrote a, a lot about fairy tales and story. Mm-hmm. Um, he he was a very C.S. Lewis esque writer, right. and he, now he's he's misquoted often on this quote. Uh, but one of the quotes, uh, if you read it on Goodreads, it says, uh, fairy tales do not tell us, oh, I'm sorry, fairy tales do not tell children the dragons exist. Mm. Children already know dragons exist. Fairy tales tell us, tell children the dragons can be killed. Yeah. Now, the, now that's coming from a lo- longer quote, right? And, and again, it's it's actually a misquote because it's like a two paragraph quote that they're kind of <laughs> that people are like misquoting. Um, but but is it's, he's talking about fairy tales do not give the child his first idea of of boogie or a boogeyman. What fairy tales give the child is his first clear idea of the possible defeat of the boogeyman. Mm. The baby has known the dragon intimately ever since he had an imagination. What the fairy tale provides for him is a St. George to kill the dragon, right? And so exactly what the fairy tale does is this. It accustoms him for a series of clear pictures to the idea that these limitless terrors have a limit, that these shapeless enemies have enemies in the Knights of God, that there is something in the universe more mystical than darkness and stronger than fear. That's what fairy tales are supposed to do. So what is Farquhar doing? He's at the beginning, he's, he's rounding up and he's giving money. He's literally paying people to snitch on fairy tales. Right. Uh, And what a dark moment where Geppetto is turning in Pinocchio. Like, I I don't know if people caught like, like, Oh, it's funny. And his nose grows and he's, but like, if you really think about that darkness for a moment, like, the whole idea of Pinocchio is fatherhood and father and son. And I mean, there's and redemption and becoming a real boy. And like, there's all these amazing redemptive elements in the story of Pinocchio in this fairy tale. And yet here we have Geppetto willing to sell his son for like his creation. Right. I mean, like it's so dark, but at the same time, we can't let, we can't let our fairy, t- our search for the fairy tale, and this is where I think is important for Shrek, because he does get a fairy tale. It just doesn't look like everybody else's fairy tale. I think so often we have these expectations, and that's kind of the other thing that we're going to keep seeing, is we have these expectations about what the fairy tale is supposed to look like. And what we need are people like friends like you that I have and other friends, right? Or you can go, how's the beach? And I can go, well, my teenagers are being jerks, and I don't know if that's normal. <laughs> But my teenagers are doing this, right? And I'm having to have these conversations with my teens. And I don't know if that's normal. And your and your your friend has to say, well, that's normal. Because people don't do that on Facebook unless you're maybe vying for attention. Right. right? But like those are the sort of relationships <laughs> that we need in our life, right? To go, this is happening. And for someone to go, oh yeah, that happened to me. Like those are uh, and, and we need those sort of elements where the donkey can, can, can go, we need the donkeys in our life, right? Who can right. go, that's not a big deal. So what? Yeah. Like you think it's a big deal, but you still have value, even though you think you don't. So this, uh, I just really like that dichotomy at the beginning where it's not that fairy tales shouldn't exist. It's just, what do we do with them? What, what's their real purpose? And, and I think we see that as the movie goes, who the real heroes, the moral compass and stuff like that. Why don't you go celebrate your freedom with your own friends? Hmm? But uh, I don't have any friends and I'm not going out there by myself. Hey, wait a minute, I got a great idea. I'll stick with you. You a mean green fight machine. Together we'll scare the spit out anybody that crosses us. That was really scary. And if you don't mind me saying, if that don't work, your breath certainly will get the job done, because you definitely need some Tic Tacs or something, because your breath stinks. Man, you almost burned the hair out my nose. Just like the time. And then I ate some rotten berries. Man, I had some strong gases eking out of my butt that day. Why are you following me? I'll tell you why. Cause I'm all alone. 
There's no one here beside me. My problems have all gone. There's no one to deride me. But you gotta have friends. Stop singing! Well, it's no wonder you don't have any friends. Wow. Only a true friend would be that truly honest. Listen, little donkey. Take a look at me. What am I? Uh, really tall? No! I'm an ogre! You know, grab your torch and pitchforks! Doesn't that bother you? Nope. Really? Really, really. Really, really. We I all, love that. I, I, I love what you said. We all need donkeys in our lives. We could you do a fun play on words. Sometimes you're a donkey and sometimes you're an ass. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm going back to what you said about, you know, there's a feeling like if you really knew me, you wouldn't like me. And there's this fear that if our true self was exposed, and, and we'll see that that's actually sort of how Shrek feels. Um, if that true self was exposed, then we'd be kicked into the swamp with all the other freaks and misfits and fairy tale creatures. Like he's isolated himself to the degree that, you know, people are afraid of him and, you know, and he, he scares them on purpose. He tries to scare donkey on purpose. And what, what makes all of that really important for us is this. If we know this is true, like we have to admit that this is true about most people, that even if they don't know it, that this is probably true about them, that if you, if you really, if you really knew about me, you wouldn't like me mm -hmm. or you would reject me. If there's one group of people on planet earth that should not be turned off by the darkness inside of people, it's the church. Okay. I'm going to say that again. If there's one group of people in the entirety of the world who should not be surprised and should not be turned off by the darkness in other people. It's the people who have been forgiven by a God who had to die for them too. And it's sad to me that oftentimes that is not people's experience with the church. Mm. Oftentimes. I think it, it's not all the time because I think there are plenty of examples in my life and in lives of people that I know that the church has done what it's supposed to do. They've been the donkey where they're like, don't you know, look at me. You know, people, people come to Christians are like, man, uh, I drink a lot or I do this. And, and the church goes, okay. Like, right. Right. And I, I, and I've heard so many stories about people who are like, it was the people in the church that loved me no matter what that brought me into the kingdom. Uh, you, you never lecture people into the kingdom. No one has ever been lectured into the kingdom. That's never happened. They have all been loved there because love is the foundation of the kingdom. That's how you get in. That's how you stay in. Okay. And so all of that to say is what donkey does is so great to me. While I was watching this. I was just so moved by donkey, mm -hmm. by the ass. I was moved by the <laughs> jackass because I was like, this dude is the secret. He is the secret to the movie. He's like, he, the ogre tries, you know, Shrek tries to scare him like he does everybody else. And he goes, well, I mean, your breath stinks. Man, was scary <laughs> only a true friend would be that cruel yeah he's even being encouraging and as you were talking about as like you know i i'm a big fan of the contrasts uh, of see of seeing the contrast because we think the 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 antagonists the the enemies are farquad and shrek but really it's farquad and donkey mm. those are the those are the the two sides of the coin yeah because farquad is I want my town to look like this. I'm going to be the most perfect king. I've got to, you know, obviously has a, he's compensating for something, right? And Donkey is just like, don't you care? Nope. <laughs> Man, that, yeah. you know, he, he just accepts the person. He accepts yeah. the, the, the being, creature, whatever you want to call it. He accepts whatever. Like you, you were, we were saying earlier, the dragon. He's like, oh, what pretty teeth. Oh, you're a girl dragon. Of course oh, you are. Just drink of femininity. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and you start seeing the eyelashes come out. It's, it's such great animation. But, you know, it's a good point about Farquaad because he has the same problem. He's short, but mm -hmm. he doesn't want people to see that he's short. 
right? Like when he's riding the horse and it's funny, like he's got the, those fake legs and fake on the arms. horse <laughs> and the fake arms and he's got the fake stuff. Like, like the stuff he's about is about image too. Right. It's just a different, it's a, it's a different expression of it, right? His expression of it is different than Shrek's expression of it, but they, but they both have at their core, the same problem. In fact, everybody in the movie, as far as the lead characters, except for donkey have the same core issue that there are layers, right? There are layers to people. And if we love people, we have to, we have to actually assume that there are layers. We have to actually go into a relationship believing and knowing that this is true about every person, that there are layers to them. Okay, let me get this straight. You're gonna go fight a dragon and rescue a princess just so Farquaad to give you back a swamp, which you only don't have because he filled it full of freaks in the first place. Is that about right? You know what? Maybe there's a good reason donkeys shouldn't talk. I don't get it, Shrek. Why don't you just pull some of that older stuff on him? You know, throttle him, lay siege to his fortress, grind his bones to make your bread. You know the whole ogre trip. Oh, I know what. Maybe I could have decapitated an entire village and put their heads on a plate, got the knife, cut open their spleen, and drink their fluids. Does that sound good to you? Uh, no, not really, no. For your information, there's a lot more to ogres than people think. Example? Example? Okay, um, ogres are like onions. They stink? Yes. No. Oh, they make you cry? No. Oh, you leave them out in the sun, they get all brown, start sprouting little white hairs. No. Layers. Onions have layers. Ogres have layers. Onions have layers. You get it. We both have layers. <sighs> oh, you both have layers. Oh. You know, not everybody like onions. Cake! Everybody loves cakes. Cakes have layers. I don't care what everyone likes. Ogres are not like cakes. You know what else everybody like? Parfait. Have you ever met a person you say, hey, let's get some parfait. They say, hell no, I don't like no parfait. Parfaits are delicious. No! You dense, irritating, miniature beast of burden. Ogres are like onions. End of story. Bye-bye. See you later. And who doesn't love that clip, right? Who doesn't love the oh. ogres are like onions? Ogres are like onions. I said it the other day in church when we were talking about something similar to this. Uh, and everybody just cracked up. Everybody laughed. I didn't have to say what movie it was from. I was like, right. you know, people have layers like onions. And everybody's like, ha, ha, ha. Like, it's not <laughs> even that funny. But, like, everybody knows the movie. The part about this is Shrek is so protective of his of keeping people out. He won't even allow like he, like Donkey said, all those things about onions are true. They smell bad. They make you cry. They turn gross in the sun. But you know what? Not everybody likes onions. They're whatever. They're not pleasant. But when he says, what about cake? What about parfaits? Those are sweet. They're delicious. Have you met anybody who's like, let's get parfaits? It's like, no, I don't think so. No, they're like, everybody wants parfaits. But he can't, as we keep seeming to go back to, can't accept that about himself. He's like, no, I'm not something that everybody likes. I'm not something that anybody would like. I am an ogre. I am an onion. I am smelly. I am, I'll make, you'll, you'll make a face. That's how he keeps keeping Donkey at a distance. But what the interesting thing was is how Donkey goes, you know, we're not just that external what you think we are. They have layers. And Donkey doesn't just say, oh, okay. He says, example? Question and, and it's in the questions and it's in the, the questions that that our friends ask that the yeah. Holy Spirit asks that say, you know, that even just what's behind this? What am I saying about myself? What do I think is true in this moment? Why am I reacting like this? It's really good to ask yourself questions when sometimes I think I would rather just say, no, this is how it is. Ogres are like onions. End of story. See you later. <laughs> Yeah, and this is why humility is a sign of someone who actually knows God, right? 
uh, humility is the way to know God, by the way, but it's also a way to realize it's the mark of people who actually know God because you cannot stand in God's presence and be prideful. Mm. That does not last. You cannot do it. And you can be religious and prideful. You can do that, but you can't stand in the actual presence of God and have a, have an actual relationship with the King of the universe that died for you because of your sin and my sin. Like you can't do that and be like, well, aren't I great? Like you just can't do that. And uh, so here's a couple things as, as we move forward. Uh, the, first of all, Farquaad, again, his, his thing is image too, but he's trying to manufacture one, right? right. He's trying, he, he's trying to manufacture an image, which is why it's so funny. Like, like they do such a great job with this movie, keeping the themes consistent and, and continually throwing, um, the fairy tale stuff on it on, on its head and just kind of making fun of it, mocking it, but also kind of still telling a great story with some depth, mm. but he, he thinks he has to marry a princess to be King. So he's not really interested in marriage. He's not interested in being intimate with anybody. He it's just for looks. And I am telling you that I have had conversations, especially when I was in my twenties with people who are going to seminary, who would say, I need to get married because no one will hire me single. Really? I've had, I've had those conversations. Unfortunately, there was, there's some toxic things that happened because of that. Right. Right. Because that's not the reason to get married. Right. That's not (laughs) the godly reason to get, and we all know that, but when, but, but when you have this image conscious sort of thing that we have in religion, I mean, we got to get rid of that crap. We got to get rid of that. Uh, And I'm not saying we have to get rid of morals and what's right and and standing up for what's right and true. I'm just saying there's some of the stuff that we kind of, we, we prop up, we use to prop up. And I think it's also cool that the castle is like Disneyland that when when they get to Farquaad's castle, again, with the image thing, he's manufacturing an image and the, and the images, uh, they don't say it's Disneyland, but man, I mean, it's all like you get the tickets and the info. That little song thing was very, it's a small (laughs) world. Like, right. You know, we keep sort of framing Farquaad as the religious spirit um, of the Pharisees, basically where they say, no, we, we need to be perfect. You need to be, you know, and in, in, in their case, you know, in their little song, they can't even say ass. He's like, wipe your face. <laughs> but that that image manufacturing, the, the problem with that is it all boils down to it, it, it all will eventually crumble because you can't keep it up. We can't keep it up. No. And, and you kill what is real. You end up killing what is real, what what the real fairy tale is supposed to do, which is why, like, which is why when Jesus got in trouble, he would get in trouble for two things, what he said and healing people. Like he would literally get in trouble, especially on Sunday, <laughs> especially on well, Saturday, but yeah, right, on the but, Sabbath, <laughs> but, but especially, right? Like he, he was going outside the bound, their boundaries, right? And he's going outside their boundaries and everything in their system, just to be fair, to the Pharisees, everything in their system was about boundaries, mm. right? Only the Gentiles and women could go this far in the temple, and then only the men could go this far, and then only the priests could go this far, and then only the high priests. Like, everything in, in their whole system was about boundaries. And so, uh, just to be fair, Jesus was saying, that's not what this is going to be about anymore. So, here's the thing. I almost want to say this to the end, but I'm just going to say it here. The one person who knows you the best— and the deepest and knows every fault about you, every dark thing about you that you think no one will like, he's the one that loves you the most. And and that is something that I think is really important to say about God is that, yeah, he knows how messed up I am. God knows more than anybody, more than I know how messed up I am. Right. Uh, and, but he still loves me more than anyone else. So one more thing about the about donkey we didn't really cover is that he doesn't have any friends either. And, in mm-hmm. other words, what, what, what I love about th- that part of it is he had nothing to bring to the table other than love. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Right. In other words, he didn't have like 
a, a sanctuary for everybody to bring to the table. He didn't have like money. He didn't have friends. He didn't have a, he had nothing other than it's just me and I'm a talking donkey and I don't want to be alone. And I want to, and, and so my solution is I'm just going to love you and I'm not going to leave you alone. Right. 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 Like, like, and, and it's funny, but I love that he didn't have friends either. He had nothing to bring to the table. He was rejected too. And, and I think it's really important in that, in that scene where he says, everybody loves cake and Shrek goes, I don't care what everybody likes. Right. You see, here's the, here's the gift in knowing you're a freak is you can love others who are freaks too. Right. That's the gift. And he didn't see that as a gift. It's actually a gift for him to go. I don't care what everybody else thinks. That's actually good. Like, to, but he actually big, did. He actually did right? more than he <laughs> thought. Right. More than yeah. he, he let on. Yeah. And so I wanted, I want to hit another clip because when you were talking about Jesus, it made me think of how, when Jesus showed up, he didn't look like how they thought the Messiah was going to look. And in this case, you know, we're going to play the clip when, when Shrek shows up and rescues Fiona and her response is, this isn't how it's supposed to go. Yeah. That's so good. Are you princess Fiona? I am awaiting a knight so bold as to rescue me. Oh, that's nice. Now let's go. But wait, Sir Knight, this beeth our first meeting. Should it not be a wonderful, romantic moment? Yeah. Sorry, lady. There's hey, wait. What are you doing? You, you know, you should sweep me off my feet out yonder window and down a rope onto your valiant steed. You've had a lot of time to plan this, haven't you? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Well, can I at least know the name of my champion? Um, Shrek. Sir Shrek, <clears throat> I pray that you take this favor as a token of my gratitude. Thanks. You didn't slay the dragon? It's on my to-do list, now come on! But this isn't right! Right before they burst in the flame. You know, that's not the point. Oh. Wait, where are you going? The exit's over there. Well, I have to save my ass. <laughs> what kind of knight are you? One of a kind, princess. One of a kind. That's so good, man. That's such a great clip. I love it even because, and she's telling him, you're supposed to come in like this and do this and do that. He's like, yeah, all right before they burst into flame. And it reminded me of where Jesus said, I've sent you all the prophets and you killed them. It's like, what more do you want from me? I'm here and I don't look how you think I'm going to look. I'm nope. doing things. I'm super disruptive because I'm healing on the Sabbath and I'm <laughs> talking to women and, you know, going to Samaria and doing all this stuff that you didn't think it would. And even his disciples, Oh, we're going to, you can't go. You're going to die. We've got to liberate Israel. It's like, that's, that's such a mm. small story. So good, man. That, that's so great. Because we do. We get caught in our own small story of, oh, we're going to save this. And the princess thinks she's saved from the dragon, whereas actually Shrek is going to introduce her and help her to become her true self, who she really is. And she becomes, as we mentioned, she becomes the ogre at the end. And he says, you're beautiful after she's been kissed she's been redeemed because we think i'm too ugly god doesn't really like me people don't really like me but what we do is we get god's kiss and he says i think you're beautiful right when we've when we think oh you know someone someone sees me like i said before yeah and especially in god's case someone sees everything about me and then all we feel from him is love. And that doesn't mean he wants to leave us there. 
in right. the sense of uh, not that he wants to make us, you know, a beautiful princess instead of an ugly ogre. But what he wants, uh, he's trying to he has other concerns than than what other people have. Right. And and I love all that you said, man. I, I think that's that's so good in the sense that Jesus shows up and doesn't look like we thought he was going to look. And part of the problem is what we've done with religion. Part of the problem is that we haven't been honest with people what's going to happen when Jesus shows up. We haven't been honest with them. And, and it's because of the, the image manufacturing that has happened in, in many cases. People start following Jesus and stuff gets hard <laughs> and stuff gets rough. Right. And, and, and we're like, wait a minute, this doesn't, I, I wasn't thought all a- my problems were going to disappear. <laughs> Right. Right. And so it, it, it falls flat to us. But what, what's interesting is she says at one point when he's like, Oh, actually Farquaad sent me, he's going to be the guy you may, I'm not going to kiss you because, and she says, well, then why didn't he come and rescue Mm, me? And here's the thing, man, that false religion, that image consciousness, all of that stuff, it can't save you. Mm. It can't come and get you. All it can do is talk about it and make it look pretty. It can't actually come and save anybody, which is why it's so toxic, which is why the the enemy loves to lie to us about this stuff is because it really can't save us. And, and, and it's just, it's been exacerbated with, with social media, like what we put on social media, what we want to put on our Instagram, what we, like we, we put the life on there that we think other people think we should have. Right. Right. And I'm not saying we should just, you know, put all of our problems out everywhere for everybody. But, but at some point, like there has to be a genuineness about who we are to people. Uh, because like I said, we as Christians should be the, the one group of people that people can be honest with. And, and it used to bother me so much when my friends wouldn't tell me about stuff because, oh, well, you know, he's a Christian or whatever. And I'm like, well, when have I ever judged you for something like that? And and as a pastor, I deal with it all the time. I, th- I, don't, I think I've said it on here before. <laughs> but but one of the things that piss me off the most is is that is when I find out a marriage is having trouble, is they're about to get divorced. And I'm like, why didn't you tell me a year ago? Yeah. Why didn't you tell me two years ago? Some of that is the lie of the enemy to say, wow, you don't need to tell the, you don't need to bother the pastor with that. Like, I would rather know that you're having some issues and let's work on it when we can still work on it. And, but people get lied to, right. By the world, by the, by the enemy. And they say, oh, we can handle it. We can handle it. We can handle it. And, and we, we, we're not honest with each other. And I've been so proud of my church just as an aside. And within the last year, that people have been way more willing and, and open to share the things that are re- they're really going through and yeah. publicly with the whole community. And, and just the way the community, that, that, that's actually helped build community because everybody's going through something, right? And now you're giving people permission to say, yeah, I'm going through something too. Uh, and we, we had one couple who had a miscarriage and they've had several miscarriages and they openly, sh- I didn't share it. I knew about it, right? <laughs> but I didn't share it. And because it's not mine to share. Mm-hmm. It's not my, my story to share. And they shared it in front of everybody on, in church. Now, I happen to know there were three or four other women there that day who had had miscarriages. And them sharing it, it came to a me too moment. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know what? I'm, a, I'm an ogre, too. The guilt and shame that we feel about certain things. Sometimes we're lied to about it. Sometimes there's stuff we know we shouldn't do, whatever. But being willing to just put stuff out there and be like, hey, man, I'm going through this. And and pastors are the worst. We are the worst at telling people that we're going through stuff because we like like we have this idea we're supposed to be perfect Christians. Wait, you mean you're not? but but i love that that sort of religion that hides the problems that manufactures an image of christianity that's just not even biblical peter had issues john had issues the sons of thunder were trying to rain down judgment on people and jesus jesus turns to peter the guy who's going to lead the church and goes get behind me satan right i mean like these people had issues 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, we had a, a tax collector who was an oppressor. I mean, he was part of the oppressive system. Like, I mean, these, these dudes were not, but he picked them and they were shocked that he picked them as uneducated or as whatever associated that they were with, with dumb stuff. They were surprised that he picked them and he does the same things today. And I love, uh, so I love that part. The sermon that I listened at church this week, he had talked about, it was in acts, but he was talking about David and how David was a man after God's own heart because he would do what God told him to do. We look at the Bible like it's, Oh yeah, these were the heroes of the faith. And then I think it was Peter. He talks about Elisha who, or Elijah. I get them confused. He said he was a man just like us. Mm -hmm. And he prayed for God to stop the rain and it stopped raining. And he prayed for it to rain and it started raining. But the key part is he was a man just like us. Abraham, man, just like us. David, man, just like us. Peter, Paul, just like us. Yeah. Well, you know, going back to David, a, a great example of what we're talking about with the image manufacturing He's like, I'm going to go take out Goliath. Like he goes up to the king, like yeah. talk about the cojones on this kid. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to go take out that dude. And the king says, uh, well, great, which is kind of stupid if you really think about it. But uh, he says, well, great. Here's my armor and my sword. And David puts it on and goes, eh, no, that's not me. And I'm going to go. He goes and finds a few stones for Goliath and then a couple more for his brothers, just in case your brothers get pissed off because <laughs> Goliath had whatever, how many ever brothers Goliath had, he had enough stones for Goliath and his brothers. And he doesn't show up with a, a sword. He doesn't show up with a, with armor. He doesn't show up looking like everyone would have expected him to. He showed up as who he was, yep. but he knew who God was. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, no, no, I know who God is. God helped me with this. God helped me. Well, like he knew who God was. And, and so that, that, that's so great. I actually believe the church is the only solution to what our world is going through. The church being who she is supposed to be. That's mm -hmm. why if I'm critical, that's why I believe what I believe. I believe she is the most beautiful thing we have on planet Earth because she's the only eternal thing we have on planet Earth. That's going to that's going to last uh, beyond us, uh, beyond this world. And. All, and I was talking about with my wife today, there was a certain issue. And I said, look, here's the problem is people are rejecting the very thing that can help, which is the church. Like mm -hmm. the church is the only one with the answer to this stuff. And we're the ones who, instead of keeping it or hiding it or, or, or manufacturing images about it, we have to be real and honest with people and, and let them know, man, you, there's, there's another way. There's a third option. There's a higher way. We don't have to get embroiled in all this sort of stuff. Donkey, there's no we. There's no our. There's just me and my swamp. And the first thing I'm going to do is build a 10-foot wall around my land. You cut me deep, Shrek. You cut me real deep just now. You know what I think. I think this whole wall thing is just a way to keep somebody out. No. Do you think? Are you hiding something? Never mind, donkey. Oh, this is another one of those onion things, isn't it? No, this is one of those drop it and leave it alone things. Well, why don't you want to talk about it? Why do you want to talk about it? <laughs> why are you blocking? I'm not blocking. Oh, yes, you are. Donkey, I'm warning you. Who are you trying to keep out? Just tell me that, Shrek. Who? Everyone, okay? Oh, now we're getting somewhere. Oh, for the love of Pete. Hey, what's your problem, Shrek? What you got against the whole world anyway? Huh? Look, I'm not the one with the problem, okay? It's the world that seems to have a problem with me. People take one look at me and go, Ah, help, run! A big, stupid, ugly ogre. <sighs> they judge me before they even know me. That's why I'm better off alone. You know what? When we met, I didn't think he was just a big, stupid, ugly ogre. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. And it goes back to that before, when, when you, you, you see that glimpse of, of humanity in Shrek, when he's like, 
oh, no, you don't scare me. You know, when he's tried to scare him and, you know, are you tall? You know, like, (laughs) and he's like, really? Like, you, this doesn't scare you. This doesn't scare you off. This doesn't push you away. And, And that's what I'm saying. The world needs that church. The world needs the church that says, I mean, I'll be honest with you, but you're just trying to keep people away. Why? Why? Why are you trying to do that? Uh, in, instead of just taking people out on the surface when they revile us, when they try to push us away and they try to build those walls, all of that stuff, we have to be the ones that go, but why are you doing that? I'm trying to love you. Why are you doing that? And oh, well, you know, everybody else has a problem. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're, you're still going to get all that stuff. But at some point you're going to get, well, I love you. And they're going to go and you're going to, and they're going to say, yeah, I know. Because they they won't be able to argue about it anymore. They might say, "Oh, the whole world, right?" It disarms them, doesn't it? It disarms them. And and there's one more scene. I don't know if you have the clip. Do you have the clip where there's the misunderstanding, uh, where he hears what they are talking about at night? I didn't pull it, but yeah, where where Shrek overhears Fiona and Donkey talking, and Shrek thinks that they're talking about him. Yeah. So that is probably, at least for me, the last thing I would want to go over because, you see, there's a thing in stories that happen and people don't realize this this is what happens, but satisfying stories, stories become satisfying to us when at least the main characters or a lot of them or the world, all of them, when the truth is revealed, Okay. This happens in action movies. This happens in romance, romantic comedies. Uh, This is the basic comedy, but this is every story that the truth has to be revealed. Oh no, he's a spy. Oh no, this is the real villain. Oh no, they really love each other or whatever the deal is. Right. And it's only after truth is revealed that there can be resolution. Right. Whatever the climax is, there has to be truth revealed. And I think that says something really important about the power of story. Right. In our lives. Right. Buttercup realizes she actually loves Wesley and or whatever, that she has to fight for true love or that Wesley's still alive or whatever. The truth that has to be revealed is revealed, has to be revealed. But also what that says is that misunderstandings and untruths divide us okay mm-hmm. because, because there's, there's the opposite side of that because a lot of times what you'll see in movies is that there's a truth and then either justice is doled out right or people find community right people find love they're together whatever there's justice and community right and so mo- a lot of the movie has to be based on untruth because that's the conflict Right. The conflict is when are they going to find out when is Shrek going to find out that it's that people can love him and he doesn't have to push people away. Right. What's the very end of the movie is this big party. and Everybody's singing stupid songs on the cartoon. Right. But they're having fun in his swamp. Like he's been trying to keep people out of a swamp the whole freaking movie. And now at the end, now that he's found true love and the truth is out. Right. Everyone's in the swamp. All the fairy tale freaks are in the swamp and they're having a big party. So, so that misunderstanding is really central is that, that misunderstanding and that untruth where he thinks she's talking about him being ugly, but really she's talking about her. I mean, Mm -hmm. come on, man. How many times do we project that on people when they're really talking their, their issue isn't even with us, but we think it's with us. Right. Right. And we project that and we think our issues on them. Yeah, You put our issues on them and all that sort of stuff happens. But all that to say is, is that this is where Donkey is. He's at least the moral compass, if not the hero, because Donkey's the one where it's revealed who she really is. Donkey's the one who tells Shrek the truth, right? Man, she loves you. And the truth isn't that he's ugly and stupid, right? Right. Some of that is true. <laughs> Maybe He is but, ugly. Yeah, they're like, right? you are ugly. Shrek's right. ugly 24-7. <laughs> but the truth, the truth is a, a truth of, of, of hope and purpose, right? Yeah. No, she actually does love you. She's only marrying, like, she wasn't talking about you and just exposing, you know, 
like I said in, in the beginning, getting people to share their story, just assuming there's a layer that you don't know about mm. and asking questions to get there will create community. It'll lead us to truth and unity and justice. And, and I think that was a really important part of the movie. Because the cure for misunderstanding is forgiveness. Right. And we see that when they come back, they, the princess goes with Farquaad and Shrek goes back to his swamp. He's eaten by himself. And all of a sudden donkey shows up because he's like, well, I did half the work. That's debatable. <laughs> but he's like, I did half the work. I get half the swamp. But what we see is in this, I think is the, you know, to, again, to, to allegorize the movie is the Holy spirit continuing to pursue Shrek's heart. Mm-hmm. Hey, 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 come back here. I'm not through with you yet. Well, I'm through with you. Uh-uh. You know what? You is always me, me, me. Well, guess what? Now it's my turn. So you just shut up and pay attention. You are mean to me. You insult me and you don't appreciate anything that I do. You always push me around or pushing me away. Oh yeah? Well, if I treated you so bad, how come you came back? Because that's what friends do. They forgive each other. Oh yeah. yeah. You're right, Donkey. I forgive you. For stabbing me in the back. Oh! You're so wrapped up in layers, Onion Boy, you're afraid of your own feelings. Go away. See? There you are, doing it again, just like you did to Fiona. And all she ever do was like you. Maybe even love you. Love me? She said I was ugly. A hideous creature. I heard the two of you talking. She wasn't talking about you. She was talking about uh, somebody else. She wasn't talking about me? Well, then who was she talking about? Uh Uh-uh, no way. I ain't saying anything. You don't want to listen to me, right? Right? Donkey. No. Okay, look, I'm sorry, all right? I'm sorry. I guess I am just a big, stupid, ugly ogre. Can you forgive me? When the misunderstandings happen, you have to both be able to accept forgiveness and give it. Mm-hmm. It's, I heard somebody say, it's like breathing. We're constantly either giving forgiving someone or needing it (laughs) needing others to forgive us because like you mentioned the community doesn't work because there will be times when we are a big fat stupid ogre that's just the nature we're broken human beings who have issues we get so wrapped up in our in our layers onion boy (laughs) (laughs) and the only way through that is to forgive uh, to to accept to receive forgiveness, and I, because I think a lot of times we don't, We're like yeah yeah yeah, I know God forgave me, but I'm still trying to work off my debt. Exactly. And and the harder I work, the more I try, and eventually maybe it'll work out. And the the truth is it doesn't. So we we're faced with that that question of what to do, and Donkey does a great thing. He's like, no, I'm not I'm not accepting that crappy apology because you wanted me to tell you what actually happened. But I, I love that. Like even the, the grunt of frustration and talking through the gritted teeth. And I just thought it was like, that scene was really powerful because he's like, no, being a friend doesn't mean always being the doormat either. Right. Sometimes it is saying some hard things of, no, you kind of treated me like crap and I'm not going to take it anymore. I'm still here because friends forgive each other. That's what they do. Because as we've been saying all along, the church should be the ones forgiving them. And you know what? They don't need to ask for it. You just give it. Yeah, you know what? You said something stupid. I'm going to forgive you. Do I need to tell you I've forgiven you? No. Just show up and love them. Well, what the donkey did there were was beautiful because he did two things simultaneously. He showed grace and he called to grace. He called Shrek to something higher. That's what I was saying before, is that the church doesn't need doormat. I mean, the world doesn't need a church that's a doormat. The the world needs a church that calls us all to something higher, to something greater. To the truth. To the truth. And that's something that's based on reality and truth. And there's only one reality, 
right? And that's the heavenly, unseen reality. Mm-hmm. And the church is the only people who know it. We're the only people who have access to it. And guess what? We can share that access and we can invite other people into that, into the kingdom and into the into the heavenly realm through being born again and all that sort of stuff. But 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 we're not going to do it by lecturing them and and moralizing them. We're, we're going to do it. But yet we have to stand up for what is morally true, just like Shrek does. Shrek's like, no, 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 no. You don't get to treat me like that. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, he he also wouldn't leave him alone. And, and I love, by the way, in, in that scene, where does Shrek go to get away from truth? He goes into the crapper. <laughs> he literally goes into the place where there's poop. Right. It's because that's what you're doing when you're trying to run from it. I'm more comfortable in the shitter than I am in your (laughs) presence. I love that. Because what you were saying with the truth is for, and this is something I've been sort of stuck on in my head is this, there's so many people out there who just think, yeah, we're just sort of a product of our environment. We're just chemical reactions and all this. I don't need to prove to them that they're not, but I need to treat them like they're not. Because if, if I treat them like they're an eternal being, because guess what they are? You've never met a mere mortal, as C.S. Lewis says. Apparently, this is the C.S. Lewis quote power from <laughs> Chesterton and George MacDonald. But you've never met a mere mortal. They're an eternal being because they have an eternal soul. Right. But we treat them like crap. We treat them like children. We treat them, in a lot of ways, like Shrek treats Donkey. Or mm-hmm. worse, like Farquaad treats Shrek. And Fiona, when when her true nature, when her truth is uncovered, we see what happens when when love enters the scene, when we make ourselves vulnerable and love without guarantee of the response. What do you know about true love? Well, I, uh, I mean, oh, this is precious. <laughs> the ogre has fallen in love with the princess. Oh, good lord. <laughs> An ogre and the princess. <laughs> Shrek, is this true? Who cares? It's preposterous. Fiona, my love, we're but a kiss away from our happily ever after. Now kiss me. By night one way, by day another. I wanted to show you before. Well, uh, that explains a lot. Oh, it's disgusting! Guards! Guards! I order you to get them out of my sight! Now! Get them! Get them! Go here, Trick. Uh, Fiona? Yes, Shrek? I... I love you. Really? Really, really. (laughs) I love you too. Fiona? Are you alright? Well, yes. But I, I don't understand. I'm supposed to be beautiful. But you are beautiful. And once again, I apologize for the jump cuts and all that, but we see that whole, the whole scene is one rather lengthy and two, a lot of visual stuff, but you start with Shrek saying, I love you. And Farquaad mocks him. And then he's like, you know, kiss me, my love. And let's be married. And sh- but she wants her true self to be known first by the one who is her true love. Right. She's like, I wanted to show you earlier. And what is Shrek's response of, oh, that explains a lot of things. And Farquaad's response is, that's hideous. Get it out of my way. 30 seconds ago, that was his love. Kiss me my love so I can be king. So everything can be perfect. And now it's, that's hideous, get it out of my sight. Then they, you know, embrace, they declare their love for each other, they kiss, and she turns into what she didn't think she was. A princess shouldn't be an ogre. And yet, that's what 
that's how that was her true nature that was that was brought to life that was right. revealed and she what she thinks is hideous shrek is like you're beautiful yeah, and just to make the note that she actually got what she expected. Like that whole ex. So part of her expectation was legit. When he comes and she's like, wait a minute, I thought I was going to get saved by a prince and we were going to get married and true love's kiss. And, and you're not what I expected. Mm-hmm. Like, so part of her expectation was real. Like that actually, he, she was actually rescued. Right. She was actually saved. Right. Even though it was, you know, throws her over her shoulder (laughs) and all the whole thing. And then in the end, she had to have her her expectations not completely subverted, but changed enough so that she could kind of get out of that image consciousness that she was in, that hidden consciousness that she was in. And she had to actually be like you're saying, be vulnerable. And she actually did get the fairy tale. Like, it wasn't like she had to give up on the fairy tale. She actually got the fairy tale, but it just didn't have to look like everyone else thought it had to look like. Yeah. And, and, and I'm just saying, man, like for, for, for us as Christians, for us as men, right? Um, I, I think women can deal with this a lot more, but, but men deal with it a lot, right? right? The job doesn't look like I thought it was going to look like. The career, the, the marriage, the kids, the this, mm-hmm. the dog, the car. The, like, like we deal with our own sort of expectations about what we thought it was going to look like. And our wives and women do in a certain way, right? And we try to put this sort of image out there sometimes, and, and it's very hard for us to be vulnerable and let people know, like we were talking about b- before. But all that to say is, I love that part, that, that, that that's the way to get to the fairy tale. The happy the, ending. The happy ending. <laughs> like, we, we might be actually closer to it than we think. But if, if, we, if we just kind of jumble it up with all these kind of manu- – I keep using the word manufactured, but all of these sort of manufactured, propped up sort of ideas of what it should look like, yeah. then sometimes we'll miss it. In other words, like after you get the false love, you start to realize, man, what's real? What's mm-hmm. real love like? And she asks him in that clip, what, 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 you tell me what real love, right? He doesn't even know. He just knows he loves her. And, uh, and she has to see the, the fake for what she has to see the fake for what it is and Farquad and, and all the stuff. She has to see that even for her. And I'm just saying all this, that to say is sometimes we're closer to that happy ending than we think, but we just have to be really self-aware and careful not to let these, these images and expectations keep us away from it, you know? And the question becomes, what does that happy ending look like? for us are we tied to it has to look a certain way because salvation and and revelation the revealing of who we are tend to not look like how we think it should right yeah (laughs) just like if you look in the bible rarely do things turn out the way that people thought they would thank you wait we're on the edge of the red sea now what god well now you 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 reach this point now i'm going to show you something that you didn't expect you know, Jesus shows up. He didn't look like the Messiah that they thought would, you know, this grand, triumphant, victorious king. He was, but just not the way that it looked like. So right. why do we think that we're going to be any different? Right. So I, I heard somebody, somebody asked me once, they said, if you had the perfect life, would you know it? <laughs> That's a great question, man. That's a great question. I like that. And even looking, you know, with talking with my brother, and, and a little bit with you, Brett, about pursuing this, the idea for the, the book, for how our stories can reveal who we are. Well, what am I afraid of? Or what does failure look like? Because we're afraid of yeah. failing, right? But what is failure? Or what is success? Yeah. And I think those are good questions to say. What, you know, what is your happy ending look like? So good. Yeah, because if, and I've said this so many times, like Jesus, according to the world, was a failure. Most of his followers left him. Only one stuck around, stuck around when he was on the cross. Like, like they went and hid, like, 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 and, and the Bible actually says, I think it's in Isaiah, right? Where it says, 
he had, when it talks about him in a prophetic manner, it says he had no form or comeliness that anyone, that anyone would desire him, right? When he was alive, he would talk with authority. He would speak with authority and people would go, who, what school did he go to? Yeah. Like, he's not one of us. You who know? is this dude? <laughs> who is this guy? Oh, he's just some dude from Nazareth. Oh, that's Joseph's son. That's Joseph's son. And Joseph, who was Joseph? And, uh, you know, all that to say is God put the most precious thing he had in a package that no one expected it to look like this. And like you're saying, that's beautiful. Why do we think it's going to be any different with us? Right. As out of the way as you think you are, Jesus was more, right? He was in a born in a stable from Nazareth. What good th- he was from Redneckville, Red of Redneckville. <laughs> he was from a place that the people, you know, in Redneckville make fun of, right? Yeah. Uh you like, took a like, left at BFE to get there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I'm just saying all that to say, like, this is God's love. He takes things that are not and calls them as they are. And, and he creates beautiful things and he, he calls us beautiful and he gives us this purpose. And I love that, man. Say it again. If you had your perfect life, would you know it? Well, did you, did I say it right? Yeah. If you had a perfect, if if your life was perfect, would you even know it? Would you even know it? And, And I think that's so true. That's why thankfulness is so important. And God's been teaching me more and more about that. Um, so good. That's so good, man. So this has been Paul McDonald and Britt Mooney talking about Shrek in week three of our summer blockbuster series. Hey, visit our website, menatthemovies.com backslash podcast. You can see show notes and questions and resources to different books and quotes and stuff that we, we talk about from the show. Hope you join us next time here on the Men at the Movies podcast. Something inside has been awakened. I can no longer be who I was before. But if I am no longer who I was, who am I to be?